All right, Community Life Church, can I hear you? I've got a passage of scripture I'd like to read to you that's going to kind of set us up for this conversation here. It's a one-sided conversation. I'm doing a lot of talking, but you're in your car, so maybe you could do some talking too. But I'm confident if you're willing to hear, God's going to be talking to you even more than I will. And so this passage of scripture comes from the book of James chapter 4. I find the book of James to be fascinating when it comes to following Jesus because James was the half-brother of Jesus. And if Jesus can convince his half-brother that he was the son of God, then I think that he had something going there. Because how hard would it be for one of your siblings to convince you that they were directly from God? <laughs> and so James writes in, in, in chapter 4, verse 8, a beautiful, beautiful verse that we probably have all heard. Something to bring us together here together today. James chapter 4, verse 8. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Didn't that just make sense? Well, if I draw close to him, then he's going to draw close to me. They say, well, why do I have to do anything? Why can't God just... It's the same reason anytime that we need to have a little bit of investment. It's more for you than it is for him. Draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. <laughs> we've, heard, we've heard that a lot this of these past couple of months, haven't we? Kids, wash your hands. That's what our parents say. Wash your hands. You touched something. And that's because when we touch something, things get on our hands. When we're doing life, things get in our hearts. And so we're supposed to purify ourselves by washing ourselves of those things, removing those things from our life. He goes on to say, for your loyalty is divided between God and this world. It's kind of like a spiritual schizophrenia moment. There's a complete disconnect on what's happening. You're, you're over here, but you're also over here, these divided loyalties. And James, the brother of Jesus, says, we've got to stop being divided. You've got to stop being disconnected. You've got to start being focused. Heavenly Father, we've heard your word. We believe that no word that speaks from your scripture returns void. So as we hear your word today, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our lives. We choose to open our lives to you right now. We want to hear from you. Speak to us, Lord, as we are silent. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, amen. This is where typically I would say you may be seated. So you guys, do we have any uh, Back to the Future fans in here? Back to the, in, in here in this parking lot, right? Do you have any Back to the Future fans? I really, really love the Back to the Future movies. I have found all of them to be exciting. And uh, number three was pretty cool because it, was, it took place back in the day, right? 1885. 
And it was a phenomenal time. It was towards the end where Marty McFly was, was going to battle with Mad Dog Buford McTannon. Just Tannen. I was trying to throw a Mick on there. McTannon. And, and then Tannen says, draw. And you know what Marty said? No. He said, no. <laughs> what? There was a disconnect. So Mad Dog goes, what do I do? He didn't follow protocol. This idea of draw is that you're, you're, we're trying to, you draw close so that we get going, we get moving, we get into action. The title for today's message is Draw. Because I believe that all of us have an opportunity to jump into action. Now, it's no lie that we, uh, no secret, I should say, that there's been a lot of stuff going on. You know, the COVID-19, if you have not heard of COVID-19, you literally have been under a rock. Right? You've got the virus, the COVID-19, and then kind of like the freshman 15, some of us has put on to COVID-19. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. You got to get stuff going on. There's riots, job loss, surgeries postponed and trying to get back to it, uh, family loss, hatred. How many people worship God right now to say homeschooling is over? Amen. Right? Man, that's crazy. We have an opportunity right now at the beginning stages of reopening and being a part of gathering together is what I'm going to do, kiddos, the curriculum that Miss Nicole uses is helping me over the next couple of weeks because the Bible story that you're going to hear is the same story that you're going to be a part of in kid life. And so now, as a, as a family, you can actually go home and say, what did you think about that? What did you think about that? We're, we call it the big idea. We got this big idea, and we want everybody to be a part of it. So when you hear the story today, it's actually your story. And I'm just taking it to tell the adults about it. So now you get to learn alongside with your family over this period of time. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now, but what changes it? I'm going to give you the punchline right now. You may be tempted to leave. I want to encourage you to stay until you hear it all. But here's the punchline. I'm just revealing the end of it. Are you ready? What changes things? Worship. Worship. And you might say, well, I don't understand that. It didn't change anything. I just sang. I've been singing songs for a while now, this whole time, quarantined, and nothing has changed. Well, let's look at what worship is really all about. But as we do that, we need to understand that worship is more than a song. It's more than an event. It's more than Sunday mornings. Worship is about the intention behind your words. It's not what you say. It's why you said it. It's the intentions behind your words. It's the posture of your heart. How are you positioned to receive a blessing from God? How are you positioned to be a blessing for on behalf of God? That's the goal. What's going on on the inside? Short time ago, I got to have a great conversation with a friend of mine, Koran Bishop, Elder Koran Bishop. Some of you may have seen it on Facebook. And the, the, the conversation was entitled, Address the Mess. And the idea wasn't necessarily to address the things around us, but rather to address the things within us. Because there's so much life transformation that can happen, but it has to start from the inside out. That's where worship comes in. That's what worship is really all about. 
But in order for us to understand what this really is, we've got to go back to Exodus. We've got to go back to Exodus 35, 31, 30. We've got to talk about that story for a minute and understand what is really going on with the Israelites. Because I'm willing to bet that you might actually see some similarities on what they dealt with and what we're dealing with. So as many of you may know, but if not, I want to recap a little bit here. The Israelites were in uh, slavery for hundreds of years to the Egyptians. God brought Moses up, and Moses went there with his brother Aaron and said, Hey, let my people go. Somebody say that. Let my people go. <laughs> right? Do you feel that sometimes when you're at home? Let me out. And so they, they got out of Egypt, and they're traveling too. This promised land. A lot of stuff happened on their way there. They made their way to Mount Sinai. And Moses went up the building. Right? He went up this mountain. Went up with some of his leaders. And as they got closer to the top, Moses had to go by himself. He goes up there and received something so amazing. A handcrafted Pinterest project from God himself on tablets. Can you believe that? The most amazing thing? First time we know of anything like that happening here. Here is the law of the Lord. Take it and go back to the people. Well, the people got bored. Anybody feel bored sometimes? Anybody like, I'm bored. I need something to do. And so they stopped believing and trusting in the one that took care of them all this time, God. They said, well, who, where is this Moses that brought us out of slavery? He must have taken off. He was gone for 40 days. Huh. There it goes. That's all right. I caught one. You're a good man. Let's hear it from Matt here. That's all right. That is okay. And so we've got these people. What's that? Oh, paperweight. <laughs> all right. Super, super. So we've got these people. And they're, uh, they're down there waiting on Moses to show up. And, and he does show up. But the people were doing something kind of ignorant. They had melted all of their gold down to create this golden calf. And so they were worshiping this image. Moses came down, saw what was going on, and got mad. You know what he did when he got mad? He threw something. Have you ever thrown something when you got mad? Let me see. Come on now. Let's be honest. Whoa. You guys are much more authentic than the first group. The first group was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Yeah, sometimes we, you get mad. And so he threw the tablets. It was like that moment of, what are you doing? <laughs> ah! Right? And so he had to go back up the building, back up the mountain. God, can I get a copy of that? I had, a, I had a breakdown, I had a thing happen, and God was so mad at the people that he sent a punishment, a corrective action, a plague. Moses goes back up, comes back down. I like to picture the Israelites going, no, we're not doing anything. We're just, we're just being good. We're kind of done with this plague thing, kind of done with this quarantine thing, kind of done with this distance thing. We're kind of done with this. We're just going to listen to God and just do what we need to do. And so Moses comes down and he brings the copy of the original Ten Commandments. And he starts explaining what it's going to look like 
for the Sabbath. He starts explaining what this temple, this tabernacle has to look like. And he starts laying out all this information. And it's so phenomenal what he says. In Exodus chapter 35 and verse 4, he starts saying, that Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the, for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present these gifts. And he just lays it out there. Hey, if you're, if you're generous, I want you to give these things. And he lays out gold. And he lays out silver. And he lays out yarn. Right? He, he lays out all these different colors of thread. Hey, blue, purple, scarlet thread. I don't know, but I think it would be a little weird if people started showing up with boxes of thread. I bet our kid life could use it. I bet we could do some serious crafts with some thread, right? And they start showing up. These generous people were showing up and giving what God had asked for. Here's kind of a cool thing. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen. Who here would say they're a gifted craftsman? Do we have any gifted people? We probably have gifted people in this parking lot right now, but we're afraid to say, oh, yeah, I'm gifted. Sometimes you just got to show up. You may not be the best at it, but you can be good at it. And so sometimes you just need to show up. And God called all these craftsmen together, and they showed up because they had an idea, a concept of what could happen if they just showed up. So Moses began to give them a checklist of what needs to happen. Give them a checklist. My kids know all too well about what a checklist is. These checklists are phenomenal. We work hard in our household to make sure that over the summer, our kids don't get dumber. Amen? Because sometimes kids will go back in the fall and they forget all the stuff they learned. And so we have this checklist before they can even look at a screen and they don't like it. They don't like the fact that there's a lot of work, but they do it because they know of the greatness that is to come. And so God lays out these things to Moses and says, hey, this is what we need to do in order to be able to have something amazing. And they go home and they come back. That's kind of a cool thing. I've been part of all kinds of conversations where we have said, hey, let's not have the people go home. They won't come back. You know what I'm talking about. You go home on a Sunday afternoon and you get comfortable. You, get, you get, have a little nap. You start saying, well, I was going to go, but I didn't. These people came back. These people showed up. They look a lot like you right now. Couldn't wait to get back, to gather, not gather together. And to be together as a church family. They showed up. They showed up with what they had. And they gave it freely. He continues, all whose hearts are, were stirred and whose spirits were moved came. When God touches you, he's trying to move you. You ever been in, 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 in uh, traffic? Somebody's in front of you and you want them to go faster? You ever been there? Move! Come on! And then you give them creative names. Come on, white car! Come on, yellow Mustang! Come on, like you're just you're trying to yell at this person. You don't even know who's in the car. You just start yelling at whatever. Hey, blue truck. You get all worked up. Move! Wonder how many times God has tried to get us to move. And he's laying on the horn. And he's saying, come on, guys, move. Come on, guys, get going. He looks at you and he says, draw. 
And all too often we look back at them and say, no, I thought we could just talk about this like civilized individuals. God says, I'm not like you. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So when God says move, we need to move. All those who owned a whole bunch of different items showed up and gave what they had. It may not have been all of it, but it was definitely a powerful amount of some of it. All of the women who were skilled at sewing did what they needed to do to have the thread and the linen come together to make cloth. All the women that were willing to use their skills showed up. Somebody say, show up. You just got to show up. This is what you did today. We just showed up. Didn't know what it was going to look like. Didn't know what it was going to feel like. But you showed up and you were ready to worship. It even goes into more detail, guys, when it talks about how God actually appointed certain people to do certain things. All too often, we get all worked up about certain people getting the promotion that you wanted. I don't understand. Why are they doing it? That doesn't make any sense. I was more qualified. I was the one that should have done it. It's possible that they showed up. Somebody said, draw, and they went for it because it was the time to move, time to do something, and the people of Israel wanted to honor God. And they showed up with everything that they had to work with and began to move in great ways. Start worshiping with who you are and with what you have rather than praying for something different. Well, I wish I could worship God, but the church isn't open. Right? I can't tell you how many times people would have said that. Man, I wish that I could do this, but I want to honor God. But if I honor God, then this will happen and... All too often, God says, draw. And we say, no. Let me educate you, God. Let me encourage you, God. Help you understand what's going on in my life. He's asking you to draw because he knows it's the way to get you to move. So we want to pray for our people, encourage our people. So what is worship? Check this out. What is worship? Worship is sharing. You know, I was going to say that at this point, worship is giving. And I started thinking about that. I think it's, I think it's bigger than that. I want to share what I have. See, it even sounds cooler. I want to share. This is what God has given me, so I want to share it with everybody else. When we first did the, we got, got the information, we had to do the lockdown. Everybody, everybody go home. And I got a call from a friend of mine, and he said, hey, everybody's going crazy, and they're gathering toilet paper. I go, yeah, I saw it. There's memes out about it, too. What fun. And he said, hey, I have toilet paper if anybody needs any. I said, and my first thought was, no, 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 don't worry about it. You just kind of, you keep it, whatever. He goes, no, no, I'm not holding on to all this. I want to share it. And then at one point in time, I got a call. My wife and I got a call. Somebody had said, hey, God has asked us to bless somebody with uh, helping pay their bills. And so God has told us to call you. And in the next two, over the next two months, we're going to send you money every Friday. And so at the first glance, we're going, okay, let's gather, let's gather, let's gather these funds together, let's gather. And God was very intentional with me and with my wife in separate conversations 
What man in here knows that the Holy Spirit can say things to your wife that you never could? Here we go. Amen. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. That's right. That's why we pray for our spouses so that they can get on track, right? <laughs> so, so God's talking to me and giving me very specific numbers, call, talking to her, giving her the same number. And we said, well, God said to do it, so we better do it. And because somebody shared with us, we got to do that same thing to other people. Your gifts are not meant for you. Gifts to you are meant to be shared. That's why it's a wonderful thing to be able to share your vehicle, share your house, share your life. Because your life is a gift, and it's meant to be shared. Worship is sharing. Worship is also serving. Worship is serving. While some are, are, are sharing in a variety of ways, others are also serving. We have six individuals who make up the new direct board of directors that are serving and giving so many hours to you and to me. So many hours that I've had to have a conversation with God, and when I feel overwhelmed, God says, hey, don't worry about it. John's got that. And I go, okay, what about this, Lord? He says, Carl's doing that. What about this? Kimmy's doing that. Oh, oh, and Matt's doing that. Okay, oh, Dawn's doing that. Ken's doing that. Okay, God, what am I supposed to do? He says, I'm going to give you a word to share that only you can share. So you do your part while they do their part. And this amazing team has come together to serve in incredible ways. Some are making calls. Many loving people are, ser are ready to serve children again by making phone calls, writing notes. It's been beautiful. Some are making food. Some are making some really good food. If you are one of those people that are making some really good food, I just want you to know, I will eat it. Countless people are praying over community life in the surrounding churches. Some are doing porch drops. Some people are giving of their time. Jesus followers are killing weeds and cutting grass because the community needs it. And so people are stepping up to do it. Some are writing notes. Some are operating our tech. Did you know that uh, Ryan, who was setting up a lot of our tech, was here as early as 8 o'clock last night? And he stayed through the night. Matt showed up a little before 4. Some people of us came around 6. People are coming and doing, and we don't even see it. But they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're motivated people. I heard a long time ago from a coach, I believe it was actually the Green Bay Packers, dude showed up and said, listen, I am not here to motivate, motivate players. I am here to lead motivated players. There's a big difference. And we have an incredible amount of motivated players the production team that I didn't even know they were getting together to talk about anything, having conversations and making sure things are laid out. The way things are going right now is because they made it happen behind the scenes because they're willing to serve. And some are serving by not criticizing. Best serve you could do is probably just keep your mouth shut. When people are confused and not sure what's going on and they're criticizing what's happening, your next door neighbor is watching your life and listening to your conversation. And, and if they hear you criticize the church you say you love, and then you go over there and say, would you like to go to my church? Why would they want to go to the church you don't even like? 
Worse yet, why would they follow the Jesus that you are criticizing every day by the way you live? Worship, people. Worship is a heart issue. It's not a something-to-do issue. So they're sharing. They're serving. Worship is life. Living as a, follow, a fully devoted follower of Christ, speaking life into every human regardless of their history, their lifestyle, their color, their gender, their faith, their point of view, whether or not they choose to speak life into you, you choose to speak life into them regardless of their socioeconomic status. How are you doing life? Listen, this, this word, God woke me up in the middle of the night and I started typing these words. And I didn't understand what they were for. They certainly didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time. And God told me to title it, This is the Vision of a Community Life Full of Worship. There is a life that awaits you that transcends distance and time. There is a life that awaits you that is full of adventure and excitement. There is a life that awaits you that promises both completion and rejection. There is a life that awaits you that loves at all times. This life loves in the face of danger and confusion. This life loves through the, though the people are unlovable, this life loves in spite of birth order, race, or gender. This life loves with the Spirit of Christ. It is called a life of worship. There is a life that awaits you that learns continually. This life learns the Word of God. This life learns the heart of God. This life learns about the people of God. And this life learns in order to have wisdom. It is called a life of worship. There is a life that awaits you that leads. This life leads in the face of adversity. This life leads in the seasons of prosperity. This life leads by standing in the gap of uncertainty. And this life leads others to a place that they can call safe. It is a life called worship. There is a life that awaits you that you could never buy. A life that awaits you that you could never sell. A life that awaits you that you can never earn. This life is the church, and the world awaits it. That, my friends, is worship. The big idea for today is very simple. I can worship God anywhere. If there's nothing that we've learned in these past couple of months of not being able to get together, it's that I should be able to worship God anywhere. Kids, you need to tell your parents, I can worship God anywhere. I know it doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. I know it doesn't smell the same, but he is the same. And so you can still worship him the same through sharing, through your serving, and through your life. What does that look like? First of all, you need to get it in your head that I can worship God anywhere. And then look for unique places where you can worship God. I think the living room is a unique place because I'm used to doing it every Sunday morning right here. 
and the living room, the dining room, the kitchen. Maybe some of y'all have it on the phone and you're in the bathroom. I'm not judging. But that's a unique place. In the basement, in your backyard, anywhere outside of the church building seems weird for the church to worship God. But even when it's different, he's still the same. I want to thank you for being a part of this inaugural service, man. Isn't this great? CLC Partners, let's hear it for our God. Now receive a blessing from the Lord as we head out here today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he shine his face upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. Amen. Take care, guys.